Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. This topic, disappointment, is one that's been kind of rolling around my head for a while. And then a couple of things came up one after another, and so it seemed like the right time. But one thing not work-related, which was there's a new season of The Great British Baking Show on Netflix, and I started watching that in between deliveries on call the other night. And the part where they have to send someone home every week is just so sad. And I was thinking about the disappointment that those bakers must feel. So here we are. I'll tell you about the coaching-related situations So we can talk about a couple of different ways that disappointment occurs. So the first thing that came up was recently I coached someone about a decision at work that didn't go the way they wanted it to go. The exact details aren't important, but they had interviewed for a position and they weren't the one that was chosen for it. So this doc felt let down that people in charge went with someone else because she felt she was a known quantity and had a solid track record. And it seemed to her that all those years of consistently doing a good job in a role that required a very similar skill set to the one in question just didn't seem to count for anything. This had been an opportunity for her to take her career in a different direction, and it didn't happen. So she was disappointed. The second was with a friend who has a strained relationship with a family member. She had put in some effort to do something that she thought the family member would appreciate and didn't get the reaction she was hoping for. There wasn't a bad interaction, just not really any acknowledgement at all. And she took that to mean that the other person has some sort of negative feelings or opinions about her, and that hurt. She felt disappointed that the relationship was just stalled out and her efforts didn't seem to change anything. The third was me. I did run the marathon that I mentioned a few weeks ago I'd been training for. I finished, I didn't have any injuries, I got my medal. It was a completely surreal experience full of all kinds of joy and pride and gratitude. And I was really disappointed with my time, which was six hours and 33 minutes. To be clear, I know I'm slow. I had no illusions of that suddenly changing or anything. But based on my training times for my long runs and knowing how amped up I'd be with all the crowds and excitement and nerves, I thought I'd probably finish around 6.10 or maybe 6.15. But race day was pretty cold, and I don't do well in the cold. I think I did a pretty good job of pacing myself for the first half, like you're supposed to do so you don't burn out early. But I hit the wall at mile 18 anyway, and I just really dragged for those last eight miles. My overall sentiment about the marathon is pride, overwhelmingly so. I worked so hard for that, and I did finish. But I do have some disappointment about the time. So the first thing I want to talk about is how we deal with disappointment, and I'll use my own example for that one. Pretty much everyone that I mentioned my disappointment to tried to talk me out of being disappointed. Not like I was walking around randomly telling people about it, but the marathon came up in conversation a fair amount, at least those first few days. So if you have a friend who achieves something that very few people do, and they have any sort of negative feelings about it, of course you're going to try and prove to them how they're wrong. That's what friends do. It's completely normal that we don't like it when people we care about aren't happy. We want the people that we love to have nothing but the best in their lives, including their feelings. 
And it's because of that that I have been made aware that it's about 0.05% of the U.S. population and 0.01% of the global population that has completed a marathon, and I'm one of them. As much as I love my friends and I'm so thankful for their fierce support, in this particular situation, it didn't make me feel better for some reason. A few days after the race, I happened to have an appointment with my podiatrist because when you spend 18 weeks training like that, you suddenly find yourself in need of a podiatrist. And of course, a podiatrist has a lot of experience with athletes and their ups and downs. So when we were talking about the race and I mentioned my disappointment about the time, her response was, well, what would you do differently next time if there's a next time? Or what advice would you give someone who's going to do this? It was a totally different approach. She didn't give me a hint of consolation or trying to dissuade me. Just matter-of-fact acknowledgement. Obviously, we want and expect different kinds of reactions from people who hold different roles in our lives. What we want and expect from friends is just straight-up loyalty and love, not exactly the same expectations from someone who's pretty much a stranger. But interestingly, her approach actually did make me feel better. You'd think it would be the opposite, right? And of course it could have, because my feelings come from my thoughts, not from what other people say or do. My perception of her reaction could have been, see, I'm right, this is terrible and everyone knows it. And if I had been thinking that way, I definitely would have felt worse. The reason I felt better, though, was her matter-of-factness brought me clarity to remember that disappointment is a normal human emotion and a normal part of life. We're supposed to feel it sometimes. Here's the part where we talk about why disappointment can be good for you. In this example, and the first one where the doc wanted a position and wasn't chosen for it, the reason disappointment happened was that we reached for something big. Reaching for big things is part of creating a rich life. Trying new things and trying hard things gives you personal growth, but part of that process is some discomfort along the way. When you try new or hard things, sometimes you fall short. Sometimes you fail completely. Sometimes you have to fail over and over and over before achieving any measure of success at all. Michael Jordan used to talk about this all the time, about the number of free throws you have to miss, the number of times you have to practice before you even start to get good at it. So if we're going to do big things, we got to learn how to feel big feelings. Here's the thing that I find really fascinating. The simple act of giving any negative feeling a name and a description and a reason will usually take away a decent amount of the sting. The doc who didn't get chosen for the position can think, oh, okay, this is disappointment, and the reason I'm feeling it is because I put my hat in the ring for a position and it went to someone else. Calling it out and observing the process that your brain is going through, like a neutral, objective third party, isn't wallowing. It's almost like anti-wallowing. It helps you realize that, one, I can feel disappointed and this emotion is not going to physically harm me. And two, I'm choosing to feel it right now and I can and will let it go when I'm ready. I want to feel it right now because it means I'm putting myself out there and I want to honor those big goals so I can learn from them and keep making big goals in the future. So how about the second example? the friend who's disappointed about her relationship with a family member. The reason I included this example is there's a fundamental difference between this one and the other two, and this kind of disappointment is mostly not so good for you. 
You may have spotted the difference already, but I'll give you a minute to try and figure it out if you haven't already. So this kind of disappointment is still a little bit good for you, and that's because it means you're capable of feeling a range of human emotions. Remember how life is supposed to be 50-50, or if not 50-50, some breakdown where the negative emotions are part of the equation. I think we all know at least one person who's so afraid of feeling those negative emotions that they try to never let themselves feel anything. How does that work out for them? It's not great, is it? They usually end up being pretty miserable people and generally isolated and alone. They think they're protecting themselves. I don't ever get my hopes up, so then I never get disappointed. They think they're just trying to keep their emotional pendulum from swinging. But what really seems to happen is that it gets stuck on the negative side. So that's the one tiny good-for-you thing about being disappointed in a situation like this. And here's the big reason why it is not so good for you. Friend does action A, expecting reaction B from the other family member, who instead does reaction C. Friend wanted B and is disappointed they got C instead. Which is a problem because we don't control what other people think, feel, or do. The disappointment came because they hoped that this fact that we can't control other people wasn't true. We all do this. It's okay. It becomes a problem, though, if there's a relationship where this is a constant or even just a pattern, and we keep trying to change our own behavior to manipulate the other person into thinking and acting how we want them to. It's not a great way to live your life, allowing your own emotions to be hostage to someone else's actions, at least not if it's a lot of the time. It means that you never have control. You never have agency. And sure, it will happen to most of us sometimes. But again, if it's a recognizable pattern, this is a great opportunity for coaching. Now, you might be thinking it was a little harsh how I worded that about manipulating people. But I chose that wording for a reason. Most of us, the types of people who are listening to a coaching podcast, do not identify as someone who will intentionally manipulate other people. That's not really something that we aspire to be. So if you can think about it in those terms, oh, look, I'm trying to manipulate someone, it makes it a lot easier to absolve yourself of the responsibility for someone else's feelings. I really don't want to be someone who's trying to manipulate other people, so how about if I just let them be who they want to be and let them think and feel how they want to think and feel, even if it's not what I would prefer? Okay, so am I telling you that you're not allowed to feel a negative emotion when someone important to you doesn't seem to be returning the love? No, just maybe not disappointment, at least not in those predictable, repetitive situations. Disappointment, at least in my mind, implies either a little bit of surprise in the outcome or perhaps that you're trying to fight reality. You can choose any emotion you want, but if it's one that allows you to acknowledge the situation as it is, it's going to be a lot cleaner for you. For me personally, I find that getting too sad feels a lot cleaner. Like, I wish they were different, but they aren't, and that makes me sad. You're not gaslighting yourself into being all happy, happy, joy, joy. You are allowing the negative feeling, but you're also accepting reality. And on that note, I think that's enough for today. Go try some big things and feel some big feelings. Thanks for joining me. I will see you back next time.
Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.